0: Welcome to the BWT But We're Together podcast, eavesdrop on our conversation as an interracial couple. I'm Darlene, and I'm black.
1: I'm Wes, and I'm white.
0: We are going to talk about travel and lifestyle, family and personal topics, education, news and trending topics. Let's go.
1: All right. So uh, we're going to jump into our discussion of Hamilton. Yay. So what is... uh, what did you like about the play?
0: Okay, so what I liked is uh, it's seeming uh, fidelity to the actual history, Alexander yeah. Hamilton history. Yeah. It seemed like they put um, much de- or effort into making sure that the, the story... Really was true to what happened.
1: Yeah. You're always wondering, like, oh, did that really happen?
0: Yeah, but I did a little research when I got home because it makes you research, which is good too. um And yeah, uh, much of what they said I found. So I'm assuming that even the other things that I didn't see is they're probably, you know, true yeah. or there's some documentation that it happened. So I, I really, really like that. um I love that you want to do one and then maybe yeah. do
1: two. One of the things I liked, um it sounds funny, but we had. A matinee showing and we saw the understudy and i think it was jj J. jeter i want to say that was the yeah, name jeter
0: was definitely his last oh, name oh my
1: gosh so yeah. he played hamilton uh mm-hmm. and so we didn't see miguel cervantes who's the chicago lead
0: mm-hmm. but
1: um oh my gosh he was amazing and then to show um to to have african-american lead in yeah. uh, hamilton's role and jefferson and washington um, so like you're seeing this American history portrayed through African-American actors and it really it has it,
0: another la- it layer does. of resonance. Yeah. Um, and as yeah. well as
1: the the I mean, I think Hamilton's known for having like a strong minority cast. Um, yeah. But, but the diversity specifically is, is, those, is cool. Those African-American leads, it, it just makes you think about history in in a way that we should be more um
0: more readily able to do yeah i really Um, like that too um of course you have to think like i thought i was gonna go see like a musical and i was gonna i think i said this earlier like i was really gonna have to focus on listening to the music to get the Mm storyline and and maybe it was going to be a little fluffy or like cagey is that a word like you know yeah but the story was so deeply layered and it had so much resonance to what is happening now like for instance about uh, there's a famous line: uh, "Immigrants get the job done." Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, in this America, it, it'll bring tears to your eyes. You know,
1: yeah.
0: Um, the idea, you know, obviously slavery was like an undercurrent the whole throughout the the uh, the play.
1: Yeah, references, yeah,
0: throughout the whole thing, and it was really. I think we we're talking about it. Also, played up that idea of the other. And how is that? I mean, they were calling Alexander Hamilton an immigrant, um, even as young as America was when everybody was basically an immigrant within the last hundred years, probably. Yeah. So it was it was I like those things. Yeah, it 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 didn't it didn't
1: back off from those topics. It actually pushed them into the forefront and made you think about and then it makes you think about, like, why wasn't his story told? Why wasn't his story told? And, And the play brings out like he was. He was shunned for being an immigrant yeah, in early American immigrant. history. And
0: even there's references not proven, but that his mother had African descent. Or yeah, was from- she was
1: West Indian.
0: Yes, yeah. so that was, I read accounts of that. So that's fascinating. I had no idea. I mean, we know Alexander, Alexander Hamilton is like one of the founding fathers of America. And I even read more because you've forgotten history unless you're like keeping up with it. You know, all the things that he did um, to establish the bank the the you, Yeah, the he Bank of him. New York. Yeah, yeah, the Bank of New York. He was the sec- the treasury for George Washington, uh Treasury Secretary. Mm-hmm. Um he had like he played a major role. It's so weird how these like a few men um you know, there's issue with the men thing. I know, but like, did all of these things to get the yeah. nation going.
1: Yeah, you know, he was a key player for sure.
0: Yeah, and of course, yeah. you know, for me, I never um, dismissed the fact that the country was still built on the backs of African Americans uh, yeah. or Africans at that point. But yeah. uh, it, still, the story told the story of Alexander Hamilton, and it was it was a no, it was a worthy story to be told. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. definitely. So, uh, like, what do you what do you wish?
1: hmm i wish we had actually we did spend time outside the theater uh mm-hmm. kind of um we were caught off guard the actors were coming out and they were getting yeah. um greeted by people in line and uh-huh. getting signatures and um and then uh so we spent some time getting um getting signatures from like uh, king george that, that actor george washington but I kinda wish that we had budgeted more time just to hang out and maybe meet more of the cast. They were super, super generous with their time. Oh yeah. It was so not
0: chill. Hollywood. It was so chill and they were very, very grateful warm. and gracious. Yeah. And I it was thought like the spirit of the really...
1: musical came out onto the sidewalk. Yeah. That's what you felt.
0: You know it's interesting? I thought in general the spirit of people um in Chicago was very friendly and i don't know if it's the climate like people feel like we need to be a little bit more kind (laughs) to each other or something but in general i felt that in the city like the whole time we were there so um what do i wish i wish because that's what you would ask me Mm -hmm. because what do you wish okay so what i wish is um i really hadn't thought about what i wish because it was very gratifying i mean i i Uh, We had great seats. The theater was beautiful. I was in Chicago to see uh, see Hamilton. Um, I think I wish, if I were going to say anything, um, I wish I can see more plays, you know, because I think um, being able to witness art. Yeah. Powerful uh, art. It's, yeah, powerful art that makes you think, that also entertains you, like it has all these elements that um, come together to make your experience full i think i would like to do that more often that's yeah. what i wish
1: that's awesome i yeah. love that anything you're left wondering after seeing hamilton in chicago
0: i wonder i wonder more about like the history of alexander hamilton mm-hmm. was who who really was his mother i was looking for pictures you know he was 16 something so it's like, <laughs> you're not going to find pictures. <laughs> it wasn't
1: 1600, but 1700s. Oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's no photos.
0: No photo. Well, there's like sketches and stuff yeah. like that. So I wish I could just, like you really, especially as a writer, you go back there, you're like in it. And I mean, I'm sure the the play takes everyone there, but... Um, even as you leave the theater, you're left wondering more about this person Mm. in those times. And, and George Washington, I was even more interested in him because in, in high school and junior high, Mm. we were always taught he was just the guy that could fit the suit. And that's why he became president. Um, (laughs) and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So it really dismisses the significance of what he contributed Yeah. And I I remember he there was a battle and he was in the snow and almost in died. Forge. Yeah. yeah, but other than that physical um, challenge he had, you don't really hear about yeah. anything that he did that was co- yeah. contributing to the foundation of America. So it made me wonder more about him.
1: One cool part of the play I felt is Hamilton's young Washington's like an old uh, almost of another generation it's all, yes. he's almost like a father figure for sure in the play yes,
0: which Hamilton did not have and right. he rejected it he was trying to reject it yeah. like, oh, It's bothering me yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: but then i i didn't ever really think about like that that was a part of the the American revolutionary you had people of different generations like you know, mentoring pulling and lifting up, up and pulling yeah. people up. Say, we need you, and yes. it was really an interesting and kind of moving. You know, um, yeah. that
0: helped. That's what I mean. The story, it's the way complex. that they told it, yeah. it was about relationships. Of, yeah. You know, yeah, with people sure. other than just the politics, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what do you, what do you wonder?
1: Um, I I wonder if I'm going to be a lifetime fan of Lynn Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Because I'm like, how did this? I mean, I almost feel like it's operating at the level of genius. Like
0: that was like amazing. He, yeah, it was
1: so complex. I mean, we
0: don't go to that many plays. No. I mean, we, remember we saw Matilda in New York?
1: Yeah. Matilda was I mean, great. we were
0: blown away by that too. Yeah. So I think that just these big productions, the they're they're phenomenal. Yeah. Or um, theater newbies. Not newbies, just like like uh <laughs> Seldom. So <laughs> How we're do you, like, theater, seldom. We're <laughs> <or laughs> hit yeah, it has I don't to be know. a
1: very compelling reason.
0: Right. Yeah. And you really wanted to see Hamilton. Why did you want to see it? Because um, it was more Wes, like, oh, really? I really want to see Hamilton. Yes. Oh, I, I think heard, I your heard sister. it was good. I think your sister was really and I work pushing with, it. And
1: I work with a guy, Jason, who had seen it um, more than once. And um, oh. he's, yeah.
0: He would yeah. play the music
1: in his car when we drive around the district and work. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I wonder.
1: Oh, what do you wonder?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let me know your thoughts. Uh, yeah, okay. So I wonder how, how long does it take to learn all those songs? Like the rap, <laughs> like it. It's no joke. And then they were all like, "Pro, That's we actually job, saw I know, but we saw the understudy <laughs> perform Hamilton." Yeah. Um, and I was cool, so happy because he's African American and then like Wes said George Washington was African American. It was like soulful of black folks. You're like, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just am curious about a rehearsal, like what would a rehearsal look like? And from start to finish, how long did it take production to be like ready to for curtain? Yeah. You know, I'm just wondering about the process. And we
1: did talk about this. So when you said that timeline, I was thinking about like from the idea, from the time, from the idea the idea to stage, to the writing stage, stage, stage opening, yeah. yeah, to getting, I am assuming you have to get financing, then rehearsal yes. to curtain. Yes. It, my guess is it takes at least a year and I probably feel and that stupid. seems short. It's probably more like two years.
0: Yeah, we're yeah. gonna have to ask we'll have to our, do some our theater friends and yeah. get a little bit more savvy about that. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah, very cool. Yay. All right. So uh, we have some highlights to share with you about the architectural boat tour we took in Chicago. So, uh, Darlene, you picked three buildings from the tour. So let's let's talk about what do you think uh, about that tour?
0: I thought that tour on the river Mm -hmm. was like uh, the most relaxing time I've spent in about five years (laughs) anywhere. (laughs) yeah and then you get a little history lesson at the same time that you're watching the buildings go by and you're finding out uh like kind of the origins of like the industrial revolution how it happened in in chicago yeah so i mean i i thought it was really cool yeah yeah very um, cool
1: so what's the first building you're gonna tell us about um let's go here
0: oh so um i picked Three buildings that um, are like incredibly Chicago, you know, <laughs> Chicago identify, buildings. yeah, yeah. Um, the Chicago Industrial Age, I think. Well, except for Sears Tower, but anyway. So the first one was um, the Montgomery Ward Building. Yeah. Uh, so. I don't know. I'm just so you start picturing people and and builders and ideas coming forward. Mm-hmm. And so um, I got this information from Chicago detours dot com. Um, and I'm going to read a little bit. So 600 West Chicago was constructed in 1908 by Montgomery oh, Ward. Wow. Wow. Um, and the other thing that's interesting about Montgomery Ward is Wes and I grew up with wards, oh, yeah. right? On the West catalogs Coast. Catalogs in our yeah, house. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the store, the actual store. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so we we remember this from it's our childhood childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, childhood memory. Yeah, so Chicago-based retail company founded in 1872 as a dry goods mail order business. Wow. So it kind of um, this is I like the way the um, the guide explained it. She explained it so well because you picture people out in the suburbs and like things were growing and everybody in the suburbs couldn't be in the city. And so they decided that they were going to expand um, and create this business. Where people in the suburbs could get goods. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's what they did. And it was this huge building. I, w- I couldn't believe how big and sprawling it was. Yeah. It was like a like a little neighborhood. Like, the, yeah. you know, within, you think about, when you think about or imagine being inside, it's like it was a little neighborhood. Yeah. So um, they said,
1: I mean, it's several stories, but yeah. each story is six acres yeah uh, so just imagine like it's basically a warehouse uh for them to organize and ship goods out mm-hmm. um the the one fun fact i don't know if you're gonna let me say the fun fact but to oh get, i want to
0: say the fun fact <laughs> go ahead he's say, taking my story say, say the fun fact no he's not no, he is. He does that. He takes the jokes. He'll say the punchline. And as I'm getting ready to tell the story. Anyway, so is this about like, so they would hire people to get the packages and send them down the chute or whatever. <laughs> and these people would actually be on roller skates uh, because <laughs> the building what, was so yeah. long and so huge that they'd be on roller skates yeah. for, to get the merchandise and bring it back to where they needed to be for shipping. Yeah,
1: it's like a cool little glimpse of like, this is modern America. Yeah. And you can
0: Google it. it and you'll see the, and it's all men. <laughs> I don't know why I was picturing women working but uh-uh mm-hmm. it was all young guys in this picture that mm. I saw which means to me that yes that's what was going on yeah. and of course yes that's what was happening so you know you oh. have to uh put in what you know about history you know insert that in there too right, but right. uh everything wasn't perfect like I wonder who were who was building these buildings you know Right. Like who was the labor? How many people got hurt? How many people fell? How many You know, remember that famous picture um, from the 30s I think and those guys are sitting on the wire in their uh, mm-hmm. construction hats yeah. and they're having lunch. I think lunch? it's
1: New York. Uh, high, high rise construction. Yeah. yeah. It's they're you know, eating lunch famous on these picture. girders, yeah.
0: And you're just like, "No, yeah, people. Nuts. Come on, let's get some labor laws here. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so there's that building. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. We have a picture of it. Um, And then, of course, Chicago is known for the Sears Roebuck um, building, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is now called the Willis Tower. I think since 2009, it's been the Willis Tower. But in 1969, Sears Roebuck and Company was the world's largest retailer. Uh, It employed approximately 350,000 people across Chicago. So, no way. Yes. Um, In order to consolidate current staff, accommodate anticipated growth, the company hired a company SOM to design a three million square foot office tower. Really? So people like I'm like, who who's this? Who's dreaming this this (laughs) up? Yeah. And if and I'm like, that's why people are attracted to, pe- you know, certain people in real estate, because you can't imagine or you wish you were like that. Right. Where you could imagine this big. Yeah. The Visionary biggest. Yeah. The biggest thing leader. that you could ever imagine in, in life. These people are doing it. Yeah. And making it work. Yeah. So it, it's kind of amazing. Anyway, um, do you have something you know about it? No, it like I, I was you were just
1: remembering from the boat tour. They were talking about who designed all these buildings, and there was, you know, it it becomes like that's your thing as you design skyscrapers. Yeah. And so cool. I was like, wow, they're like the so and so who designed this went to uh, I think it was Saudi Arabia, um, oh, Dubai, Dubai yeah. designed you know the world's tallest building there, and then they were yeah. going to go to somewhere else and design the next world's tallest building. I'm like, wow.
0: and Sears was the tallest building at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and let's see, uh, it was strategically selected for its proximity to the expressways, the, the location for expressways and commuter rail lines to benefit Sears employees. Hmm. So, yeah, you want to benefit <laughs> 350,000 people. Ooh, yeah, I, I guess you imagine. could like, oh, OK, let's try to accommodate those yeah, folks. A
1: third of a million people that were employees in Chicago for Sears. That's amazing.
0: I know. I know. Um,
1: wow. Let's and tell, see. Us a, tell us about that last building like that is oh. that is the Fulton.
0: Uh, oh, I was just fascinated cold, cold by this building. building. It was a cold storage building. It was cutting edge at the time and it was housing all of the, like frozen stuff. Right. Right. Uh, but then like your freezer at home, it started getting um, icing up <laughs> and so yeah. it became unusable. And but the icicles look like it's amazing. Yeah, it looks like a we'll yeah a museum of ice. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's why I picked it, because I'm like, oh, my God, they were storing this ice and then they had to melt the ice in yeah. order for them to reuse it you know, to refurbish the building and use it for something else. And that became this huge project. So I I, I was kind of fascinated with the Fulton Fulton building. I got this information. Hold on. I mean, I meant to do Sears. Uh, The Sears information was from Mm -hmm. architecture.org, Chicago Buildings of Chicago. And then the Fulton building reference was from inhabitant. And Habitat.com. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so.
1: The thing I remember about that building is the walls, because it was built to be a cold storage building, the walls were five feet thick. Yeah. And they, I, I. So one thing they said that it's now residential and they said it's like one of the most soundproof places you can yes, live. Yes, that's
0: where you want to go um, if you could afford it.
1: But the mess just to clean out this wasn't mu-
0: there oh sorry.
1: Multi story building of all this ice and defrost it. Yeah. It's it's a crazy story. And is this
0: the building that had the horse hair? Yeah,
1: they talked about they padded the they walls padded with dirt and horse and hair. Horse
0: hair. I was like and what? they had to Who's dig horse? all that out
1: between the walls <laughs> because it was for insulation.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah it was that's like a crazy a, it story. was some I was like, Oh my gosh. Anyway, so that building fascinated me, um, the history of it and then how they had to renovate and then melt the entire building, what was inside of it in order to use it for new purposes. Yeah. Um yeah, but Chicago was awesome. I mean, the whole history, the water was stagnant mm-hmm. in one area, one section. The river. Yeah, the the river. And then they had to do something. I th- oh, that's what they did. They filled it. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so the buildings are built on top of like a fill, like yeah. the water is up underneath. Yeah,
1: you can Google that. The the lakefront property Um is actually like landfill and then they built on top of that which is just mind-boggling because yeah in
0: california i think that's a code because you like it's a
1: (laughs) that's a code (laughs) you're gonna have an earthquake
0: and then everything's gonna sink yeah or something but um chicago was doing it and then there's the thing about the water how the uh their water was no good and so they channeled it to Mm -hmm. st louis and then st louis found out about it and then i don't know how how the storyline actually goes from beginning to end but St. Louis packaged it up and sold it back to him as beer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the vengeance, yeah. They filed a lawsuit, and but they also sent it back as beer. The dirty water.
0: Yeah. So Supposedly. I mean, you could tell I was excited about these buildings, um, the history involved. I just, yeah. I'm just totally wondering. Yeah.
1: People people recommend that architectural boat tour. Yeah, we and,
0: recommend that. And specifically
1: yes. at twilight, because yes. when the sun is setting as you're leaving and then it gets dark and the buildings start to light up. I mean, it's almost like unfathomable. It's magical. Yeah, it's it a good way to magical. put it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it was really uh, fun. It was... Um, interesting. Mm -hmm. It was relaxing.
1: That boat tour was very, very relaxing. Yeah. And you could
0: get your wine and your beer and, and you know, you could just chill. There's plenty of room. Like we kind of got tickets in the morning and then we, we, we had some other engagement or something Mm -hmm. and we had to run to the ship it's a ship right
1: <laughs> i call it a boat. it's a
0: boat so we had to run down there and get in line so that we could get our spot but then when we got there yeah there was plenty of room on the on the deck yeah uh it's huge it's huge it's and so huge. you will you will have a good time and i'm sure you know barring any inclement weather yeah. which we had it was perfect oh
1: chicago was beautiful when we were there yeah yeah <laughs> All right. The whole reason for the trip to Chicago was for the ISTE conference. It's an international technology and education conference. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so this capped off a year of me working with the digital equity uh, PLN or Professional Learning Network. Um, So I finally got to meet people in person that I've done webinars with and been on planning calls Mm -hmm. and they were just super, super awesome.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. yeah, Yeah. So um, how did it come about that you were asked to be with this particular group? And what was the name of the group?
1: Yeah. So uh, Nicole Howard, uh, who I worked with in Santa Ana Unified. Mm She's a very nice person. She is a very nice person. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Nicole and and her husband. Mm -hmm. And um, she asked me if I would be a part of it. And um, then so it's called the Digital Equity PLN, our professional learning network. Okay. And we help ISTE uh, kind of create a community around that cause. Uh, okay,
0: and equity. And so what does it mean to you? What Like, what is the title? What does yeah. it mean?
1: So that, on one level, it's access to technology like devices, but mm-hmm. also access to networks and broadband and also for educators, access to training and professional learning opportunities. Oh, that's cool. So it's kind of broad, but to me, it's really undergirded by a sense of you have to address Why there's a lack of access in the first place, which is often, you know, um, certain areas are privileged, um, certain um, mindsets or like perspectives are biased towards certain students. Can
0: you give me one example of a bias? um,
1: Yeah. So like uh, in the district where I work, we have uh, iPads and email accessible for everyone. Certain schools don't allow their students to use it. Right. So and it's just based off of they're not ready for it yet. It's like a mindset type of thing. And um, at the district level, we would want everyone to have access. But then you find in practice it's not happening. And that's that's part of it. It's it's like this should be a resource that everyone has access to. But for um, reasons of fear or um, we're protecting, you know, our students, um, Mm -hmm. you end up having inequities. Inequities. uh, Within the same district. Right. Yeah. But it's also like if you think of, you know, wealthy neighborhoods where students have access at home and poor neighborhoods where students don't have access at home. That's like a traditional picture of equity. Right. Um, But we always have to be asking, what are we doing to address that? And a lot of it, you you can't you can't unattach this from the history of America and civil rights and how um, certain classes and uh, genders and uh, races of people have been treated. Yeah. Um, and so you have to ask the question about privilege and who gets access and why right. and, and who hit, And
0: uh, biases that are inherent in people. Yeah. And that influence their decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about like um, it, this brings to me, uh, to mine, it brings up trauma informed and how the idea of trauma informed is very, very uh theoretically just what you wanna do because you're sure. you're you're building the teacher has to have empathy for her students. that's kind of the basis of it right empathy towards your students. but then like it seemed to me that it could be misconstrued mm-hmm. and teacher bias gets in there, and maybe this idea that i'm gonna be i'm gonna protect these kids, mm-hmm. and so you end up going too far. And then there's an inequity. Yeah. Uh, there's a balance uh, differential there. And you end up hurting kids because yeah. you're not allowing them to be agents mm-hmm. of, of the things that they are in control of. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. It's a, uh, like paternalism is a term. Uh-huh. Like like we're going to be your parent. We're going to take care of you. Right. Well, that's the opposite of what we want as educators. We want right. students to be independent. and right. Especially to challenge now. the system. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so you did that. OK, so how did you um, how did your session go? What did it look like?
1: Uh, we had a, a session with about, gosh, I'm just going to throw out a number close to 100, I would say, in this um, mm. small conference session.
0: That's a lot of people. Yeah, it was it was big. Yeah. And then
1: we had um, like a, the team uh, mm-hmm. from the digital equity PLN um, mm-hmm. working Um, Preparing slides and uh, we just worked together. So the way we wanted it to be Mm -hmm. is a discussion We didn't want to have like one person stand up and lecture. Yes.
0: I like that. Um,
1: So when and I was sort of given the lead on this so we we um, Brainstormed because it was rows of chairs Mm -hmm. and we said this is not gonna work for us We need discussions face to face and so we broke the room entirely apart everybody face each other in circles you
0: literally broke the because the tears are yeah hooked the together. chairs are hooked
1: together yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, we just told everybody hey you're gonna have to put this back at the end and um yeah so there's really uh three good discussions so you had
0: like restorative yeah um, that was the
1: whole point for me is mm-hmm. a lot of times at a conference you get into a session and you don't talk to anybody you're just sitting there right. passive yeah and so we said no we want to do these restorative circles and have people communicate and connect mm-hmm. and eye contact and sharing ideas and listening and nodding. So you were
0: really trying to practice equity within right. the yeah. session that you were talking about equity. Yeah, And that that's, I think really valuable. Yeah.
1: And there was a moment after the first discussion where you noticed there were certain people dominating.
0: Right. And which so, always is going to happen. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we just said,
1: okay, the last minute of this topic, um, it's complete silence. Mm. And if you've talked, you don't get a talk right now mm-hmm. and we just have it um available for people who haven't talked um and so and did um, it
0: work did you find it, that those people that didn't talk did they step up and yeah, and,
1: yeah it was really interesting yeah. it was an awkward silence for a minute and then the the circle right next to me a guy just sort of leaned in and he said I haven't said anything. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then he, he, sure enough, he had great stuff to share. He was just shy. And that's, you know, that's my backstory. is I was that that kid in school. Um, And so it was good to see people be Mm -hmm. able to step up and share.
0: And it's um, interesting because you have more to say. Because I was the kid probably that talked a lot. You know, I don't know. And that not that interesting? Like, it could be like a cultural thing where, um, you know, black people we are verbal and that's how we learn yeah you know and then there's other people well that's that
1: are, that's part of the equity issue too aside yeah. from digital equity mm-hmm. but that idea somebody might see that behavior and go as that's, a problem that's against my classroom norms and expectations right. therefore it's bad therefore i need to stop it yeah and then all of a sudden you're you're um sh- taking the student away from their strength right. in that zone where they're going to be engaged and you're in learning shutting them down, You're shutting, you're them, shutting down. them
0: down. You're losing that yeah. very valuable, um, person and their input into, yeah. you know, into what you're into your lesson. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I like that a lot. And so what would you say, um, was your biggest takeaway from the, from the session? Hmm.
1: I, the power of a team. Like Mm. those, the digital equity PLN, like we rolled in there. We had some um, fine tuning of our presentation to do in the last like 10 Mm -hmm, minutes. mm -hmm. People jumped in. They just grabbed a roll. There was no ego. It was all about like, this cause is important. We're going to hit a home run. We're going to get. Oh, I like that. I like when people.
0: Like, understand, like, we're about what we're, what this part, what our purpose is. It's so funny because there's a Toastmaster video because I was teaching my kids speech. Like, I was like, oh, how do I help them get up here and talk, you know, have a speech? One of the uh, things that they were, people are supposed to do uh, to relax is to think about the message and not think about yourself. Mm. If you think about the message, you're going to lose the ego Mm. and you're going to lose the self consciousness. And I thought that was the best thing I'd ever heard about, like, even for teaching, right? Yeah, and for so many right. other things that we, when we're nervous and, and we get self-conscious and yeah. we have this anxiety, but what's the message? What are you trying to do? Yeah. Um, and if you can remember that, the passion overrides yeah, for the sure. ego. Yeah. So that was amazing to yeah. me. So And it sounds like that's yeah, what happened. That
1: was the best part of the session is just seeing this team in action, like, mm-hmm. so, um, I was just so, like, refreshed and, like, honored and privileged to be a part of the team. And mm-hmm. um, it was it was a great experience. No, so, I'm so glad it happened. Yeah. We were,
0: like, really, I think that's a passion, of course, of mine is equity and education. Yeah.
1: So. yeah, we need to get you involved on the digital equity PLM. Be, I
0: was at ISTE, like, low-key, you guys. <laughs> Obama to be legit next time. And gonna... <laughs> next time.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's cool. We'll, um, we'll include some pictures of uh, of the session.
0: All right. Cool. Thanks. Mm -hmm.
1: Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that really helps us out.
0: You can also listen to us on Anchor, Google Play, and Stitcher.
1: And follow us on social media, BWT, but we're together on Instagram.
0: And Wes Creasel and Darlene Creasel on Twitter.